Welcome to Podagogies, a learning and teaching podcast at Ryerson University. I'm Chelsea Jones. And I'm Curtis Maloli. And this is our first episode of Podagogies. It's our first recording, so we're going to introduce ourselves to begin with. I'm a sessional instructor at Ryerson School of Disability Studies and at uh, U of T in the Equity Studies program. And I've been teaching contract for about seven years, contracts all over the city. And before that, I was a journalist. I'm an educational developer in the learning and teaching office, and I've been a sessional instructor at Ryerson in the Department of Sociology and in the G. Raymond Chang School for Continuing Education for the past seven years. And uh, this podcast is really, uh, you know, Chelsea and I got together a little while back and um, started talking about some really cool things that we knew about that were happening on campus, Um, you know, shared some ideas about how we might talk about teaching and learning together and how cool it would be to do a podcast. And, And then all of a sudden we're here. Yeah, and in many ways, this podcast is sort of an extension of our usual conversations about learning and teaching, which we have over coffee, and now we have in studio. So today, in our first episode, we're going to tell you a little bit about what the podcast is and and sort of what we're trying to do here. We're going to do a land acknowledgement and talk a little bit about that. And we're going to invite you to get in touch with us because one of the things that we really want to do with this podcast is talk to people about teaching. And so we'll be inviting people in. We'll be having interviewees and having conversations with them. But we're also looking for feedback. We want your letters, your commentary, your stories. Yeah, and and I think, you know, as we were talking about this, a, a huge part of what we're hoping to accomplish here is um, for educators across Ryerson to be really thinking about what we do in the classroom. Um, And not just what we do, but then why we do it and how we know it's effective. Um, As teachers, when we step into a classroom, what are are the ways that we we are trying to engage our students, um, you know, engage them in a range of learning styles, uh, and and really try out new things in the classroom? And in really like broad terms, the purpose of this project or this podcast is to kind of launch a public discussion about teaching and learning. And more specifically, it's sort of meant to be a reflective place where we're thinking together about a myriad of things that kind of surround teaching and learning practice. So that might be theory, that might be course management, what we do in the classroom, why we do it. So what's the rationale behind what people are doing, behind new things that we maybe haven't tried before? And I think that we'll probably be doing a lot of learning as we have these conversations. For sure. And, I, you know, I think it'll be fun if we can. I really want to, even as we do things on the podcast, to be, to be um, you know, to be a bit meta about it, to be thinking about why we're doing it. So, yeah. you know, we wanted, to, uh, we wanted to start today, since it's our first podcast, um, by doing the Ryerson Land Acknowledgement. And not just do the Ryerson Land Acknowledgement, but we also wanted to have a discussion um, about uh, why we do land acknowledgements and, you know, ways that, that maybe we could do them with our students um, uh, in a deeper, more thoughtful way. So I want to start just by, by reading the Ryerson Land Acknowledgement. Toronto is in the Dish with One Spoon territory. The Dish with One Spoon is a treaty between the Anishinaabe, the Mississaugas, and the Haudenosaunee that bound them together to share the territory and protect the land. The dish, and sometimes it's called the bowl, represents what is now southern Ontario, from the Great Lakes to Quebec, and from Lake Simcoe into the United States. And the idea is that we all eat out of the dish. All of us share this territory, and we share it with one spoon. And that means that we have to share the responsibility of ensuring that the dish is never empty, um, which includes taking care of the land and the creatures we share with it, 
Uh, and importantly, there are no knives at the table, representing that we have to keep the peace. Uh, and so that's kind of an extended version of the Ryerson Land Acknowledgement. And you can find um, you can find that on all kinds of websites on, at Ryerson, but the Aboriginal Education Council uh, was responsible for coming up with this land acknowledgement for Ryerson. And you can certainly uh, find a detailed explanation and, and resources on their website. But since it's our first uh, podcast and we've begun with this, um, I thought we could unpack it together a mm-hmm. little bit. When I do a land acknowledgement and I'm thinking about where this fits in my pedagogy or where, why I'm doing this with my students. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about is um, what does that mean? What does it mean to, to get up in front of a group of people or a group of students uh, and say that I am acknowledging the land? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to be a guest in a particular space where you maybe haven't been invited and where you may not know exactly how to behave as a guest or what the protocol might be and then to stand in front of a classroom full of students and try to recite a land acknowledgement. Yeah, and you know even even thinking about that what you just said that that mm-hmm. you know we are that we are a guest. I mean, I think that's a new idea for a lot of people to to wrap their head around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think when we do a land acknowledgement and we acknowledge that um, we are part of this treaty. The the interesting thing to kind of work through with students is what does it mean, um, to, or you know, what are our actual responsibilities when we say that we um, have a responsibility to share the territory and protect the land? I don't think that's a—it's not a metaphor. I think it's—it's it's meant to be very concrete. And in 2015, the Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion at Ryerson organized a, a kind of soup and substance panel. Uh, and this was when they launched this new uh, land acknowledgement, which, by the way, I recently found out they are now um, going to be revising, uh, partially revising, though, because, you know, our community at Ryerson is changing. Um, right. The Aboriginal community is changing. And so um, anyway, when they when they did this panel discussion and there's a, a Rye cast where um, uh, Hayden King and. Uh, Banaconda, Kennedy Kish, and um, Diane Simone from Ryerson Aboriginal Student Services, Amanda Thompson from Ryerson Aboriginal Student Services, um, they dig into into this. Like, why do we um, why do why do we do this? And one thing in their discussion that really stood out for me, and that's been informing my own way that I use this, um, is to really highlight the fact that it is um, a treaty, and that treaties imply concrete responsibilities. So um, if I say that I acknowledge this treaty, then what am I responsible for as an educator, as a member of the Ryerson community, um, as a student? If I say that I acknowledge that we have a responsibility to share and protect the land, um, what does that mean in in concrete terms? And I mean, I think that question of um, why is really important. And that's also a question um, to discuss with students and to take up with students. And um, in line with what we're trying to do with this podcast, I don't think that a land acknowledgement is a space to try to make a tenable argument about anything. It is a space to sort of deconstruct those kinds of questions and and begin asking them an open space in the classroom to acknowledge things like, um, you know, the institution's colonial history or indigenous resurgence and that kind of thing, um, even if we aren't necessarily sure about the best way to do that in the moment. Yeah, that's really well said. Um, I mean, you know, I am... Chelsea, you you and I have had this discussion on several occasions. Several occasions. <laughs> <laughs> but you you I thought I think it's great when when you tell me about the way you do your land acknowledgement. It's different for each class that you do. 
Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you say a little bit about that, like how you sort of make it a part of your discipline or about or how it relates specifically to your course? Yeah, I mean, I can try. Um, and I have I feel a bit reticent about it because I'm often not sure. Well, am am I doing this the right way? I'm surrounded by a teaching community that often helps me work through that question, which is really really helpful. Um, but one of the things that I've sort of learned in in bringing land acknowledgements into different classes is that the point is not to fall into the routine of sort of parroting an institutional mantra right there's there's a purpose to these land acknowledgements and they need to be grounded in action and advocacy and something that does more than just relieving settlers of of guilt or of responsibility and so trying to sort of um, infuse a land acknowledgement with that kind of action um, it can be tricky and I think that it depends on the classroom space that you're in for example in classes that I might teach about representation I always make a point to try to remind students through the land acknowledgement um, that we can read and learn about the land that we're on we can read and learn about um, indigenous, rather indigenous insurgents that is alive and happening right now in order to encourage students to follow the work of people who are trying to resist making indigeneity invisible. And so in a class like like a class about representation, for instance, in a land acknowledgement, I would build in actual concrete places for them, for students to look and I would include indigenous content on the syllabus and point it out and say you know this article that we we're reading from muskrat magazine or from eagle feather news or from the unreserved podcast if we're listening to something tell them what those things are about draw their attention to those things um, just to make a point of highlighting it and and it depends also on the actual classroom the space of the classroom and what kind of space that classroom is occupying when it comes to land. So for instance, it's a bit tricky to think about, well, how do we do land acknowledgements in online classes Mm. where there's no physical land, but we might be able to talk about something like access to bandwidth, right? And urban and rural education and that sort of thing. So those are some points I try to bring across. And I always sort of include, or at least I have lately, been including um, points about co-opting knowledge and Mm. trying to recognize that for some people who are in the classroom, they're here because their knowledge has been taken from them, because they've had to be absorbed into colonial institutional spaces and they've had to pay to have that knowledge returned to them and I heard that once in a land acknowledgement and I thought that that was a really important thing um, to tell students like you heard someone emphasize that Mm -hmm. yeah that sounds terrific I mean even um, uh, Hayden King when when he was explaining um, the relevance or not just the relevance but the importance of of land acknowledgements uh, you know he said that it's it's also about inserting or asserting indigenous president presence in our post-secondary institutions um, because uh, historically indigenous people have been as you just said excluded from those institutions their knowledges um, their ways of knowing have been excluded from post-secondary institutions so part of that land acknowledgement is to 
um, to reemphasize that, hey, this, this, is, um, this is very much present here, even if it's been invisible to us. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, especially at a place like Ryerson, where our namesake is uh, Egerton Ryerson, mm-hmm. um, a man whose ideas played an instrumental role in the development of residential schools, the land acknowledgement also offers us a chance um, as educators at Ryerson um, to highlight that history and to think through that history with our students so that they're aware of it. And I think that one thing a land acknowledgement can do, which is really helpful, is instead of just sort of, you know, repeating, uh, repeating sort of a set of words that students have maybe heard several times, you can begin to try to open that conversation and find a way of saying, okay, you're here and I'm here. Now, how are we going to think about that mm. together in the time and space that we have or that we're, that we're occupying or taking up? Um, so I think there's a lot of constructiveness in a land acknowledgement. You can do a lot with it. And it's not that you or I necessarily do the right things with it all of the course, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, like we don't profess to be experts. And that's kind of why we're here is to engage in that conversation. And so my hope is that there will be people who hear this and have ideas that are way better than ours. Absolutely. And maybe take the time to tell us about them. I mean, with the understanding that it's no one else's responsibility to educate us. That's our responsibility. Um, but but you and I have also made a pact that we would, if, in trying to do this podcast together, um, that we are going to be super honest about what we try to do. Um, yes. And, you know, I, I hope as uh, people start to listen and um, hopefully engage in the conversation with us, um, you know, we're, we're open to being criticized. We would love we would love to, you know, to um, to really uh, think through why we're doing what we're doing. That's uh, right. Yeah. And and I love, Curtis, that you use the word pact, um, which I think is a word that I said originally. It was, but, yeah. <laughs> but what it makes me think is that like what we did when we thought about this podcast was we went to the woods and we spit on our hands and we shook hands and we made a pact <laughs> to do the podcast. That's your vision of a pact? That's, that's what... so 1980s of you. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's where I'm from. So <laughs> so we've made a pact to do this in particular ways. But part of it is that we, we do want to hear from people. And so now it's probably a good time to give people our email address. That's right. Uh, and if you are if you are experimenting with different ways of doing an, a land acknowledgement, um, if you are um, if you have questions or or issues that have come up for you in your teaching practice where this has been difficult in in some way, uh, anything like that, we would love to hear from you. So if you could shoot us a quick email, um, we can either read out something that you send to us or paraphrase it if you'd prefer. But we would we'd love to be able to encourage. Uh, uh, a dialogue that's just not between Chelsea and I. That's right. And we're also open to keeping you anonymous. So if you have something that you want to say and you don't want us to say your name, just let us know. That's no problem. Um, and we're also up for giving credit where it's due. So we will say your name if you want that too. So this is kind of the frame for this podcast. We're going to kind of get into these conversations and, and um, each week we're going to feature a different guest, uh, somebody at Ryerson that is engaged in teaching and learning in some way. Could be um, a professor, a staff person. Um, we're totally open to to um, to opening up this podcast to all kinds of different practitioners on campus because uh, teaching happens um, in many ways that go even beyond the classroom. So our next episode uh, is going to feature Dr. Eliza Chandler, and uh, I'm super excited to be having her on the podcast. 
Yeah, Dr. Chandler is a very uh, perspicuous speaker on the topic of accessibility and accessible classroom buildings. Um, so Dr. Chandler, she's an assistant professor at the School of Disability Studies here at Ryerson, and she's also one of the founding directors of the Tangled Art Gallery, which is Canada's very first art gallery dedicated to accessible curatorial practices. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about how she carries that accessibility into the classroom in a way that's often a bit different than your usual sort of universal design for learning checklist. So she'll be here on the next episode. So thank you very much. We want to thank uh, the RTA Productions, everyone at RTA Productions, John and Margarita and Paolo and Shannon for, uh, for helping us put this together today. And thank you to the LTO for funding this and to everyone who's listening. And thanks in advance for those of you who are going to write in. We do want to hear from you. It's podagogies at ryerson.ca and you can find that email address in our podcast description.